The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You have Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell. Halloween weekend has arrived, mm-hmm. Carrie, right? We're actually taping this show on Friday. Um, and over the month of October on this radio show, I always play around with the game, game, game what scares you, what scares me. Okay. When it comes to financial planning, what I mean by that is when new clients sometimes come into us in their initial planning goals and objectives, they tell us what they're concerned about. Right. And a lot of times what we do is when we actually drill down or actually get into their building their model, we realize, well, maybe what they think they need to be concerned about isn't really what they need to be concerned about. Right. There's a disconnect. And that may be something because they just read a shock line somewhere. Or they hear things like you hear the news. It's remember their news stories or what you've been talking on the show about what the average should be worried about. So I should probably be worried about that because most Americans or however they spin it. Right. You know, or the, their neighbor is worried about something and they've got that's got right. them friends, worried. family. Right. And a lot of times it can go the other way, too, is where they're, what they didn't think was a real economic or financial issue, we discover they do have right. one. Um, and so, the, but, you know, so we, all, if you want to go back and listen to our podcast, you know, we, we've been doing that all month. But one that I, that I kind of is, is the advance of AI, Carrie. Right? Okay. Now, that scares me. I'm now, not I think lie. it scares everybody, right? It's, it, that one, I, I'm I'm up there. I don't have a lot of worries, but that's a big one. And this goes well beyond maybe financial economic issues, right? But there are certain ones that do affect economic issues. So, you know, for example, can can AI do a better job of managing your stock and bond portfolios? Hmm. Don't they kind of sometimes, aren't there sophisticated programs to some degree? Will AI replace the accounting industry? Mm. Okay, um, here's a shock line. The very real impact of AI on the future of accounting. Um, I think it will. Mm. I, I think AI will replace my job. Okay. Um, I think right now it's it's not ready to go. Certainly right. nothing can beat AI or robots in terms of crunching numbers. Right. Right. I mean, that that is what's made the financial planning model so much more realistic. The, the programming, and right, makes things more efficient. And I, I can't, I, if you're still doing your tax return, pencil and paper, God bless you. You might, by the way, you might be missing something. Because with the complicated tax code, yeah, we're not. You might miss an opportunity yeah. by doing it by paper and pencil. And also, you don't really, it's not very easy to run different planning tax planning scenarios with paper and pen right okay um whereas the robot can crunch those numbers the blink of an eye right um so but the but what's scary right now is that we're in this this bri- you know we're we're bridging over to the ai industry right, right. I mean, we've been with computers a long long time but this is a whole new level. But the idea of the of the machines learning on their own, right? Right. And and, and you know Skynet, you know. But but the so yeah, we, we know the robots can crunch the numbers. The difference is the robots, in terms of financial planning, just don't know what questions to ask you. Mm-hmm. That's where the human element comes in right, right now. Because it, because as everybody knows, financial planning isn't just about number crunching. No, Finan- it's a piece of it. 
Right. I mean, financial planning isn't just about buying an annuity. Financial planning isn't just about getting a trust or a will in place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Financial planning, you know, isn't just about um, doing what you did last year, this year, and then doing that for the next 30 years. Right. All right. Um, the other thing, too, is when you take the human element out of it and go back to AI, um, see, the other issue is the robot is going to believe whatever you tell it. Right. It, it doesn't know that humans lie. Or it doesn't know to ask other questions. And I don't know if lie, because I know you always Is that a strong language? Yeah, I think that's strong. I'm not saying. But I think people sometimes, there's surface level stuff, like, versus the human component will drill down to say, maybe, why are you worried about? Maybe there's financial dynamics. Maybe there's right. other things going on. That to get to the real problem and to address the real issue so that you can create real peace of mind by finding a solution to what really it is. Right. Or, well, let me let me go. Maybe this is less harsh. I was here. like, yeah. Um, the robots may assume that you like your children. Right. Is that always the case? No. No. And that is, the, you know, that's the difference. Now, eventually, with the advanced learning, okay, the AI robot financial planner will know enough to ask those questions. Maybe they'll ask you on a scale of one to ten yeah, for, <laughs> for each of your kids. How do you feel about it? Like the pain scale when right. you go to the doctor. And when we get to that point, my job, Carrie, is eliminated. Right. But anyways, but but also it could affect um, as, as much as we don't know if AI is going to do a better job of managing your stock and bond portfolio than your investment advisor. We're not investment advisors right. here, but it's just the idea that it could affect, though, the stocks that you own. So we, we got some data this week. You know, it's earnings. And so what we're, what we were looking at is what happened in, in some of the companies. So some of the tech companies reported earnings. You know, sometimes care we pay the earnings right. game, right? Um, and so it's interesting. So Microsoft, right? Um, they came out with earnings this week. And one of the things is, how did they do? Well, the street was looking for earnings per share of $2.65. It came in at $2.99. Big win, right? Big beat. Okay. Revenue, the street was looking for $54.5 billion. Came in at $56.52 billion. Okay. okay. Um, net income jumped 27%. Okay. Um, now, part of what they're saying was generating this was their AI tools. Hmm. Okay, so this is where um, you know Microsoft has a AI Azure, you know, Open AI service. Right now, it's, it's just in the beginning phases. Carrie, they have about eighteen thousand customers, but it's um, but, but like a month before, they had eleven thousand. I mean, it's just it's the exponential growth that's happening, which is the whole right. thing about AI. Um, and so they're saying that yeah, that is going to be. Um, what do they say here? Looking at looking on a competitive basis, we feel good about our execution. We feel good about taking share, and we feel good about consistent trends. The AI contribution in Azure at constant currency in the second half of the fiscal year should be consistent with the results in the fiscal second quarter. So, so again, that's what's driving. Now, you know, we can also look at Amazon, right? Because Amazon reported earnings this week, Gary. Okay, and they as well. You know, the, the street. Earnings per share was looking for fifty eight cents. Okay. Remember, in the earnings game, pennies matter. Right. Gary. So the street was looking for fifty. It came in at ninety four cents. Ooh! Wow. <laughs> okay. um, revenues were projected to come in at one hundred and forty one. That's scary. One hundred and forty one point four billion. Yeah. Not million wow. for the gore, billion. One hundred. The street was looking for one hundred forty one point four billion. It came in at one hundred forty three point one billion. Ooh. Okay. Um, now the um, now what also came across in their their earnings conference calls and things like that was their web services, right? Right. Um, and so they're taking a big approach in this AI, and they're doing they they want to do it all, Carrie. Okay. You know they don't want to rely on any outside. So so part of the um, you know part of the the whole thing about AI is that. For AI to work, it constantly needs new data. 
Mm-hmm. It's got to consume. Think, think of like, what, remember you see those nature films like the killer whales when they right. go after the krill? Right. The Those baleen whales where they open up and they yeah, have that. The, and they just the eat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like that. You know, AI just needs to feast on more. It, that's how it exponentially learns. That's why, you know, the old, you know, remember the, the story of how, you know, if you compared a, the math skills of an AI robot compared to the human. Right. The, the AI is doing calculus at like three months. Right. Or, or whatever. Um, now, so it's that. So, so part of making money at that is being able to provide the content that the AI is looking for. And that's what you're into the Google and the right. Amazon and all, and you know th- Facebook and all those things that have all the data, right? Um, so, but you know, so when you look at Amazon, okay, first of all, remember they they're trying to come up with their own chip for AI. Remember right. Nvidia? That's what drove Nvidia because Nvidia had the best AI chip right. that everybody wanted to use. Okay. Right? Well, um, Amazon calls theirs Trainium. Tra- Trainium. I guess okay. a, a, a thing on training. So trainium chips. So they want to not have to buy their chips from anyone. They want to develop their own chips okay. and use it themselves, and of course sell it to other people. Um, they want to. They want to do a, a. They call their AI foundation model a Titan. Okay. So in other words, if somebody else in the business world wants to use AI in their business, they just go and get it on Amazon. Okay. All right. Um, and and they have what they call the code whisperer. Mm. Have you heard about this? Girl? No, I have not. Okay. The code whisperer is, in other words, it it's 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 the idea that the 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 human who wants to communicate with AI wants to talk in our own language, right? In our own mean, our own way, right? Okay. Well, that's not always easily transferable to right. computer code. Right. So what Amazon is creating is an interface there. Okay. So we could just talk like we normally talk to a human and it will translate that into the AI code to get the answer. Oh, I don't want to be bad. That seems too like too much. I'd just rather talk to a person if I... Well, no, that's what it'll be able to do. But to it's you, not it's just like person. talking, right? But I don't like that. I just well, it's just it's, in other words, you, you go to AI on search. You know, can you tell me uh, how many cars that, that are you know whatever? I'm looking for a red Ford Mustang. Can you tell me where it is? I don't know. I don't need that. I don't know. I'm 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 not. Oh, Carrie, it's going to revolutionize the way we research things. I mean, we think the smartphones now. Can you imagine? Oh my if, gosh! I think we're way ahead just with the internet. Like I try to tell my kids, remember the card catalog or the microfiche in college? You'd have to right. go look up articles. But, they have it easy. So what about the the ways. risks? Okay, um, it, because remember Chat GPT, GPT got a lot of you know a lot of risk. Yeah. You know about you know what is it really doing and is it really dangerous and is it going to take over? You know the Skynet you know syndrome. Um, so Amazon's, uh, you know, they call it the uh, Amazon Web Services, you know, AWS. Um, their CFO, Adam Shepsky, what did he say? We're, okay, we're being super careful. <laughs> Famous last words, Gary. Right. We're being super careful, taking more care than a lot of others um, have taken in the model development. We take accurate results from the models really okay we take accurate results from the models real serious really seriously we're not waiting for anyone else to implement high safety and security standards we're doing it ourselves um and you know what their what their goal is to reduce the made-up results that's why people think that the ai is just making it up it's not Mm -hmm. really giving good data you know they call it you know ai hallucinations Right. right um and they're saying that their system will revolutionize that so so there you go so, I don't know. Are you scared about AI? Maybe we need to be scared about AI. I'm more excited about it. I just can't imagine what it's doing in a few years from now. Okay, All right. Sir. Good morning, one. You're uh, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on fourteen twenty a.m. between nine and ten. We're a financial educational talk program sponsored by the Estate Planning Team, and the Estate Planning Team is an affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm. And we've been helping people around the greater Cleveland area for more than 36 years through unbiased objective advice and analysis. And Mark, you talked about financial modeling and number crunching and how that's just a piece of it. And I think what planning does is the financial modeling gives people 
that objective information so they're comfortable with their decision. But those are tools that result in people having knowledge about what they can do with their financial life. It gives them peace of mind, knowing when they can afford to retire. Um, If they're worried about those things that we do, whether it's inflation, the market, the economy, am I ever going to be able to afford to retire? Or if I'm in retirement, you're worried about um, you know, spending or a nursing home stay or premature death of a spouse, whatever it is, that modeling is a tool that allows us to see and project out if these bad things happen, how do you adjust? Or if a worst care case scenario does happen, do you even know if you're going to be okay? Some people are worried and then you run those worst case model and you know what? They're still going to be okay. Maybe their pot in the end isn't as big but they're still never going to worry, you know, be concerned about running out of money, even on whatever scenario, and we can make it as ugly as you want. So the modeling, I know I was glad you said that, Mark, it is really about peace of mind. It is about saving money, because if you use planning tools, and we're very proactive, and instead of just letting things fall where they may, or defaulting to the government's plan, If you're being proactive and making choices and looking ahead, you're going to get a better result. You're going to put more net spendable dollars into your pocket. And we do offer a free consultation for people who want to look at these issues, um, whether you're working or retired or, you know, we have people that are um, looking at retiring at the end of the year that are calling in or clients that are now looking at that, you know, do you have pension elections? Are you saying I'm going to have to take social security because wages end? Well, maybe there's an opportunity if wages are going to end for you to do tax efficient distribution plans from your IRAs, company retirement plans. What about Roth conversions? What about keeping you under some thresholds, you know, while we um, have these favorable tax rates in place for the next couple of years if Congress does nothing? And if you're worried about tax rates going up in the future, it may be more important, but we can provide people with that analysis. Or this is a time we're looking at year-end planning, you know, the uh, accelerated IRA distributions, Roth conversions, qualified charitable distributions. Are you working? Should you be contributing more or less? Should you be contributing more to your 401k or your Roth 401k? It's not a planning isn't a very few all or nothing um, strategies out there. So take advantage of a free consultation. We're scheduling now through the end of the year. I actually had a couple of people call and schedule for January. They had a lot going on, just want to start the new year off right. So Call us, leave a message. We will call you on Monday or you can also send an email through our website. We have incentives different times of the year on our website. Um, If you click on the free consultation, then special, all emails come to me. So you will get a reply by Monday. Um, You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, Carrie, you said a lot there, and I'll try to touch on some of those. A lot of times when we talk about real retirement planning, mm-hmm. Carrie, right, it, it, it's, it's the idea that real retirement planning anticipates the next economic downturn. Mm-hmm. If you're, and that's one thing a lot of people are worried today about is the economic downturn. Are we going into recession? You know, are right. we not? Are soft landing, hard landing, what it's going to be? The verdict's still out, right? Um, but real retirement planning, you anticipate that, okay? Um, as opposed to what a lot of retirees do is they just react after the fact it happens, and a lot of times that's a knee-jerk reaction, right, Carrie? I mean, the classic right. example about that is selling low, right? Right. You know, when, you know, you know the, 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 the individual, after the market crashes, then they sell all their right. stocks, right? You know, and, and, and you know. And that, that's just adding insult to injury at that point. Right. So the idea is good retirement planning is you anticipate those things and you model those things in. And that's what we don't see enough happening with all the Monte Carlo analysis like our new clients bring into us. None of them really anticipate anything ever going wrong. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing, too, is, um, you, you know, the the idea of like we, we could talk about year end planning, Gary. Right. right. And, and part of real retirement planning is that you don't get in. You don't just say, hey, what I did last year is what I'm going to do this year. And it's what I'm going to do next year and then for the next 30 years of retirement. 
That's true if you have the same income, you have the same interest, dividends, capital gains, nothing else. You have the same deductions. There's no changes in tax laws. Then it would be, but we know it's dynamic and changing. Right. And, and so let's, so you had mentioned the idea of, um, you know, how, what you need to look at this year. For example, if, if part of the year in planning, so one of, one of the could be carry, um, well, you know, you mentioned tax rates. Okay, let's mm-hmm. talk about that. So I'll do a what scares you, what scares me. So so what scares a lot of our new clients coming in is, is that when, when the Democrats say that the way they're going to solve our growing debt problem mm-hmm. is by raising taxes. Right. And what did we just find out the deficit this year is over what two trillion? Oh my! I just it's can't even get your head around. Yeah. Yikes! Um, but so so that scares a lot of people when the Democrats say that we're the only the way we're going to solve our growing debt problem is by raising taxes. Now, one thing I caution people is that even if the Democrats are saying they're raising taxes, they might not be raising your taxes. So, so first of all, you know, you have to identify, well, what really, what taxes are they p- proposing on raising? Um, for example, a lot of people think that eventually to solve the Social Security solvency issues, they're going to have to raise the cap on how much of your earnings is subject to the Social Security tax carry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but if you're retired, does mm-hmm. that bother you? Not really. Not really. It's relevant. Um, anyways, but back to the, but what scares me even more is when the, when, when I hear clients, you know, or, or when the GOPs tell us that they can solve our growing debt service problem, right? right without raising any taxes. I haven't heard that quite as often anymore. Cause they can't do right. it. Right. I was going to say, I don't hear that spiel anymore, well, Mark. You will. I mean, come. We're not quite in the election mode, right? Yeah, but next year you'll hear a lot about that. You'll hear President ex President Trump re running President Trump saying, "We got to get my tax. You know, we got to cut taxes. Right? We, we got to extend or make permanent my tax cuts and jobs act of 2017, right? But because if the GOPs had any possibility that that they were going to solve our debt issue um, without raising taxes. Mm-hmm. The only other solution, Carrie, is by Cuts. slashing spending. Oh, that would be great! Big time. I would. Carrie, love- they can't. They They're can not, do. They as much. No, don't believe them. But Mark, when they, tell they absolutely you, can. It's not that they can't. There's so much BS in our government Carrie, that's a waste. Whatever political party is in power doesn't right. care about the deficits. It's only the political party not in power that cares about deficits. Right. But also the 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 fraudulent stuff. I mean, they talk about millions. Yeah, but that ain't going to do it, Carrie. I know, but that's a that's start. not going to reduce the thirty three trillion. Okay. Um, they need. They would need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid and defense and they're just not going to do it what about the bs stuff and they're going to are they going to pay off 33 no, trillion no Carrie. but it'd be a start you got to do both yeah but uh, you anyway, have to do both um, anyway but um so there's an ongoing debate between carrie and i obviously right. on this but um yeah i mean i'm under the camp that you better anticipate higher income tax rates in the future mm-hmm. as opposed to when they happen you just end up reacting to it and by then right. it may be too late so that's what you know. So a lot, of t- a lot of our planning with clients is 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 doing that. In other words, that may be your plan. R. It's say, well, Mark, right. well, what happens if, uh, it, you know, they they do at times if you're still working, and what happens if they do raise the cap on Social Security? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to go in and change your Monte Carlo analysis to say, okay, don't cap my, my you know what my earnings are subject to Social Security tax at the current level? You know, d- d- take it off, right? Okay, um, you know that's just an example, right? It, it, it could be, um, you know, you're just waiting around for required minimum distributions, right? And but you know how many Medicare Irma thresholds that's going to th- throw you through, you know, you know, right. during your lifetime. We talked about that on recent shows, right? Um, so yeah, so but back to the, you mentioned also about year end planning right now. So let's see if I can um, bring this back to a, a year end planning. The idea of anticipating not just reacting well mm-hmm. or getting in ruts you know right. sometimes it's not a reacting it's just you're in a rut you do the same thing year after year after year and again back to ai and the robots carrie if you don't tell the robots anything differently mm-hmm. it's going to assume that what happened last year is happening this year right and that's what the ai robots don't know how to figure out yet 
All right. Now, um, eventually they will, but they don't do it yet. So let's, so two, two, let's, maybe we can talk about two scenarios, Carrie, with year end planning. One, a lot of our clients right now, they want to know if they've got enough income taxes, estimated income taxes paid in that to make sure they're covered on one of their estimated tax safe harbors. Okay, so, you know, and we talk a lot about that on this show. And they, either they're, they're going to, so we, we're checking how much withholding they have in the tanks, right. or if they're making quarterly estimates. Um, and this is especially important if you're on a current year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're following a previous year safe harbor, this year's data is irrelevant. Right. A previous year is easy. It's a known data. We know what you paid in 2022. But in a lot of situations, don't get into that rut that you always use the previous year safe harbor, because in some years, you know for sure that this year's taxes are going to be a lot lower than last year. Right. I was just working with a client this week. They sold a, 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 a vacation property. They had a huge capital gain last year. We don't want them to be on a previous right. year safe harbor. And most, and 99% of the Robots are going to just put you on a previous year safe harbor, right? Unless you tell them, "I don't want to be on the previous year safe harbor," because that's a default. Mm-hmm. That's a you know, that's just the way they're defaulted right now. That'll change eventually, mm-hmm. but that's the way it is right now. Um, all right, so if you're on a current year safe harbor, all right. Another one too, uh, you may you and mentioned the idea of a Roth conversion. You know, a lot of people at this time of year, a lot of our clients are saying, "Well, Mark, do I have any room?" To do a Roth conversion, meaning can I do a Roth conversion? Because I am concerned about future required minimum mm-hmm. distributions. I don't really need any more money for spending. That's we're already right. beyond that issue. So, but I'm interested. Maybe I want to do a Roth conversion, mm-hmm. but I don't want to shoot myself in the foot tax wise. Right. I don't want to go through the Medicare Irma threshold, or I don't want to lose my zero percent long term capital gain tax rate, mm-hmm. or I don't want to you know you know whatever tax threshold we play the tax limbo game. But the idea is, how much room do I have? Okay. Now, to do that, though, you've got to have a pretty good estimate about what your actual other taxable income is going to be. And this is inherently the problem I'm talking, I'm seeing this year. Because the problem I'm seeing this year, Carrie, isn't what we've been seeing in years in the past. So one of the things when you're doing this type of planning, whether it's, you know, when you're trying, you need to get a good handle on what you actually think your tax liability is going to be this year is interest, dividends, and capital gains. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have any interest, dividends, and capital gains, meaning you have no non-qualified investments, you don't need to worry about this. Right. But if you do have interest, dividends, and capital gains, you do. Mm-hmm. Now, the one normally... Interest and dividends stay about the same. So, you know, pretty much what you had in interest and dividends last year is what you can have this year is what you have next year. It's usually the capital gains is the one that can vary greatly. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and that is a reflection of what's really happening in the markets. Right. Right. Um, now. But so a lot of times we're, we're cautioning people that. Yeah, you better make sure you have an adequate budget for capital gains, or this is a time of year, if you haven't yet, you want to get a realized year-to-date gain-loss report from right. your investment advisor. Now, it may be on your statements. Right. Your, it may be not be on page one. It might one, be buried in your statements. But if you don't know how to get that, call your investment advisor, You know, and they'll get it for you. But that's one thing. And what we're seeing is that, yeah, capital gains, the realized capital gains carry this year is so low. Compared it's to last year, It's not coming in right? anywhere with its last couple of years. As a matter of fact, the government is, is saying that's one of the reasons why the tax revenues are so low is mm. because there's no capital gains tax coming in in 2023. So if you were, if you had large capital gains last year and you're saying, well, and your robots assuming you're going to have that same amount of capital gains this year and you're trying to hit a threshold, you may have a lot more room than you think. Right. Okay, but let's go the other way. What about the um, if you're trying to figure out if you've got, uh, you know, if you're trying to hit a certain amount, a threshold, a certain adjusted gross income or taxable income, and you're assuming the same interest that you had last year. Okay, this is what the problem I'm seeing this year. Well, interest last year, probably low. Think about what bank rates were last year. They were starting to get better. Still not the greatest. Right. CDs, eh, not terrible, but not nowhere where they are now. Now, this isn't going to be an issue if you've got $10 in your savings account. 
No. But if you have a couple hundred thousand in savings, CDs, money markets, this could be an issue. This right. could be a tenfold issue, Carrie. In other words, if you had a hundred thousand that was earning 0.5%, because remember, for a right. while it was. Right. Okay, that's 500 bucks of interest. That ain't going to th- shoot you through a threshold. Right. But if you're getting 5% interest now, mm-hmm. that's five grand. Mm. A little bit different. That may affect if you're trying to hit a certain amount of taxable income threshold. Or when you're trying to stay under you're it stay and you're under underestimating it. what you think yeah, that'll be. Yeah, your robot saying, well, I'm just assuming your interest last year was 500. It's 500 this year. That may be a bad assumption. 500 versus 5,000, a little bit different. Might throw you. And remember, if it's a Medicare threshold, those are hard thresholds. You go a dollar over, you're paying that higher amount. And if it's a Roth conversion, you can't reverse those anymore. Right. There's no recharacterization anymore. All right. Um, and you get hit, right? So so that's an example of what I mean. And by the way, if you do check your interest, let's say you do have a couple hundred thousand between money markets and you know CDs and savings and stuff like that, um, and your interest last year was $500 and your interest this year was $500, mm-hmm. well, that's maybe even a bigger problem. Right. Are you leaving it in positions that you're not earning anything? Because obviously where you left them, they're they're not doing you any service. Which honestly, I ran into someone who automatically just let a, I don't know if it was a six month or 12 month CD keep rolling over. And because it was an old CD getting the old rates, the renewal rate was 1%. But that same bank was offering new rates if he would have like cashed it out and put into something else at four or 5% CD for the same time. So... You know, people don't pay attention. They'll just let it ride. Right. And, and this and this even leads into like a 60-40, you know, the death of the 60-40 portfolio. But my contention about there is, um, it, you know, a lot of people are, are scared that the 60-40 is done forever. And I, I, it doesn't oh scare gosh. me. What scares me is if, if, if you're – who said that the 40% all has to be in bonds? Right. Whoever said that rule? No, well, and and I think, is that because it's been latest because cash, CDs, money markets, like the the other fixed positions weren't paying squat? Is it just because investment advisors can know how to buy bond funds, but they don't don't do any other work to do anything else? Now, with the interest rates rising, which hurts people if you're borrowing money, but that's a great opportunity for people to lock in some fixed rates. And these are rates... We haven't had in a long time. So right. if you're not looking at the savings, the money markets, the even CDs. after you're invested, the CDs, the multi-year guarantee fixed annuities to lock in a guaranteed fixed rate, take advantage of those fixed, favorable fixed rates. I, it's been years since we see right. have seen great and, rates. And those positions could be getting 4 to 5% mm-hmm. with, no principal, than, with no principal risk. Right. And more than 5% in some cases. Or no bond fluctuations. Right. You know, um, and and let yeah so you know and and again so to me that's why I you know I don't think the sixty forty is dead forever it's just though I think though how you got you know how you allocated the forty percent ten years ago may not how you you want to allocate your forty percent for the next ten years or five years right in either case um, so again these are things that. You anticipate, you know, you, you've got to be very active. We're very active planners at the estate planning team. We just don't get into those ruts saying what you did last year economically or financially is what you're going to do this year. And it's automatically what you're going to do next year. Right. It's a dynamic changing process. So take advantage of opportunities where you can to get a better result and Put yourself in more favorable positions. If you're worried about things, you know, look at every piece of your financial life. That's what we do for our clients. We look at every pieces in part in detail and can it be made better? Can you make a different choice that's going to give you a better long-term result? You know, can you take advantage of opportunities in the complicated tax code? Can you spend more? Are you not spending because you're worried about these things? We can Winter help. is coming, Carrie. Right. No kidding. Um, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 for a free consultation. Take advantage. If you come in between now and the end of November, we'll also look at year and planning. I, um, so if there's steps you could take this year that minimizes future taxes or minimize, put yourself in a better position, you know, take advantage of that free consultation. We do it by phone or in person. Again, call the office. We'll call you back on Monday or send an email through our website. You can call 440 440- 
239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Kira Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. Winter is coming. You know, before we started the show, you told me that like this is, I said, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to my son's football game tonight. We're recording. And he said, it won't be like that next week. And I hadn't looked ahead until you said that. And I was like, oh, it's like a 40 degree difference, 30, 40. Well, you know, again, the, the, the idea of anticipating the next economic downturn is, is really what we try to bring home. If it doesn't happen, fine. Right. Okay, you'll be ahead of plan. But w- it, we think it's a much better approach than just reacting after the crash comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you talk to any depression kids, Carrie, your parents are probably a little no. too young. My parents certainly. My grandparents, though. Yeah, but I mean, but but yeah, but they probably didn't drill you in like your parents do. I, I, I mean, I, how many times did my father, Mark, save your money. It's going to be a cold winter. You know how many times I heard that? Or I think about like my grandfather who saved everything, like because he grew up in the depression, he's had buckets of of coffee tins of nails and screws that some of them were rusted. You saved everything in that era because I remember he was always worried. So how is America's economy? So we got some economic data this week here and, and GDP. So we got the first reading of the third quarter GDP. So as so just re- and it, it like blew away. I mean, it's, I mean, Americans are not saving for a cold winter, Gary. No, they're they're spending like drunken sailors. Well, you said like what was it a month or two ago? You talked about the what people spend on a Tw- Taylor Swift concert. Oh, I'm God. like, that's insane. It, it, Especially yeah. being young, I didn't spend. I didn't have the money. She's when a I was billionaire, young. Gary. No, I'm talking about the. I know. The I'm just saying. Goers. But you helped Taylor Swift become a billionaire. Oh, absolutely. No, she yeah, she's so cautious. Con- like she, wow, she's conscious about her wallet. <laughs> she must have followed the fifty thirty twenty rule, Carrie. But um, but anyways, um, so what was I talking about? You're talking about GDP. spending and GDP. Oh, GDP. All right, right. GDP came in at four point nine percent. I mean, where did that come from? Is it going to be a revised number? Oops, we made it like ADP yeah. screwed up that. Right. So so yeah. So we get we always get three readings on GDP. So the first quarter, you know, it started, the first reading was 1.1%, then it went to 1.3, and then 2.0. So the first quarter, the third one is always one they go with. Right. So, so 2% for the first quarter. The second quarter was 2.1%. Okay. Okay, pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah, okay. The first reading in the third quarter, 4.9%. That, from what? Uh, from Amazon. You got it. <laughs> um, from Amazon. It, you know, the, uh, so it, it is, um, yeah, now... The other thing too, um, but we got we also got the PCE ratings. That's a personal consumption expenditures index. That's an inflation factor that the Feds like to use um, more so than CPI. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how did that come in? So, you know, th- there's headline, and then there's core. You know, which excludes food and energy. And of course, I always say the adults in the room always look at core. Because with food and energy, you know, we can't control global oil prices, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, so how did – but we'll start with headline because most people like to look at headline. Okay. So year over year, headline PCE came in at 3.4%, a tad lower than the previous 3.5%. At the beginning of the year, it was 5.4%. So again, is it is inflation right. on the way down? Um, if you want to look over a month over a month, though, kind of still sticky. Uh, month over month, headline PCE uh, came in at 0.4%, matching the previous month, 0.4, which was higher than the previous month, which was 0.2, or going back to the, the, the year low. In, well, you know, in, in May, it was 0.1. We were feeling pretty good at 0.1. Right. It's back up to 0.4. Now, if we look at uh, core PCE, which what the Federal Reserve is really looking at, annual came in at 3.7, mm-hmm. better than the previous 3.9, better than the previous 4.2. Right. Okay. Um, started the year at 4.7. Okay. So it's down, you know, considerably, you know, but now here again, this is what flipped though. So right now, core annualization 3.7 is higher than headline. 
3.4. Okay. So all those naysayers that say always use headline, just now do you believe that you know, now when core right. is higher than headline, are right. you going to switch again? Some people will. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Some um, people say that. Now, how about monthly? So this is what ticked up, Carrie. Okay. This is what raised some eyebrows. And this is, you know, because month over month, core PCE ticked up to 0.3. Previous, it was 0.1. Hmm. And previous year was 0.2. It started the year at 0.6. So okay, all so it's better year, than the first year. Yeah, but all year it came down, and we thought it was done, right. and it ticked back up. But one month is it just one month. You sound like Jerome Powell here. I'm just saying you can't base a trend on one month. Well, one bla- Maybe it's a blip. Is this enough data with a strong GDP, meaning Americans are still spending. Right. Um, not enough pain yet. Right. Okay. Um, and the core inflation going up, ticking back up. Right. I'm afraid they're going to one more raise. Quarter percent. I don't know, you know, it, and you know, we'll we'll see. But I'm a, yeah, just maybe one more for the road because they they've got to get, you know, the Federal Reserve has got to get that inflation down. And maybe you want to look at a higher inflation when you're building the model a little bit longer. Back to our anticipation, right? With right. All our clients, we've been talking to our clients about building higher for longer for the last two or three years, and we always want to be conservative. And realistic, but you may want to be conservative. And I think when you take a t- step back and you're conservative in your assumption, and maybe you use a little bit higher, maybe reality um, isn't quite as much, but you're going to make be more comfortable making those big decisions if it's a retirement date, if you've accounted for, hey, my reality, my real inflation may only be three, but I want my model to build in five or four for the next couple of years, then drop it back down. Because then if you're faced with whether you want to spend more or you want to actually quit working, then maybe you're more comfortable making that decision if you build in a more conservative model. Right. And, and in, in a higher for longer scenario, you really want to get realistic about what expenses you're, you have to kind of deal with the inflation and what expenses you really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, an 8% 30 year mortgage rate is not a problem for you if you're locked in 30 years right now at 3%. Right. It's a, like, and if you have no interest in moving, um, or or buying a new home, or if you're if you're not if you don't have a a mortgage, okay. Um, now, so but also we in, when we're building a, a detailed financial model, we may be using a, a whole basket of inflation rates, right? Like, not, like you're saying, maybe also cascading down, meaning higher for longer, but not higher forever, right? Okay. That's not realistic, higher um, forever. Now, if you want to do that, I'll run it for you. Right. I mean, we still have clients, you know, you know, Mark, uh, hyperinflation. We don't hear that too much anymore. Right. Anyway, but, but, or they say, you know, uh, you know, if you want me to run your financial model based on a 10% double digit inflation forever, we can do it. It's your plan. Ultimately, it may not be like. You might not I be too happy with the results. Run, but if that's what you want. Absolutely. But realistically, we may be saying, for example, you don't you don't necessarily need to build in inflation on total discretionary spending. Right. Right. Or if you've got a fixed mortgage, you know, or if you've got, uh, you know, an expense that isn't going to go on forever. So so those so that's really getting a good detailed financial model. Um, And if you're in by doing that. By running these different scenarios, you're anticipating. You're not just reacting when it happens. Mm-hmm. And that is when you get, you know, you get the peace of mind saying, hey, I'm still going to be okay even if inflation is higher for longer. Right. And then how do I ha- do I have to adjust? I mean, that was when you were talking about a worry. That's a real worry of people. Can I afford to help my kids? 
can I afford to, I keep saying stop working because I think we've run into quite a few people. Maybe you don't want to stop working, but maybe you want to work part time and we can model in, okay, if you, you know, how much over what time frame, whatever that is, um, we might be able to help you. So call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over those decades, Carrie, you know, the, the idea of we, we talk a lot about what real retirement planning um, and a lot of that anticipation, Carrie, for our clients, we anticipate what their next future financial milestones are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meaning it could be, you, you mentioned a pension election. If you're right. going to retirement, you know, you, you spend 30 years working for a company. We recommend you don't spend 30 minutes making your pension election. Right. But sometimes people pick, I had somebody pick a, you know, or they'll say, I'm going to pick the pension because then I know it's easy because then I get a monthly check and I know that's a known number versus a lump sum. But have you done analysis to know which one actually is financially better for you and going to give you more dollars over what time frame? No, Carrie, I'm just going to ask the coworker who retired a year before me because I'm sure it? they made the right but decision. But sometimes when you do the easy decision, isn't the best decision. All right. Um, could be another uh, milestone. Could be age 65, Medicare, right? You know, so mm-hmm. we, we, we coach our clients a lot. You know, you, you know, we always say you better learn the ABCs and Ds of Medicare before the month you turn 65. Right. Right. Um, especially if, or if you're, if you're don't know what to budget in for right. the cost of healthcare in retirement. If you don't know and your employer's paid for it, I think you're going to get sticker shock. Um, okay. And, and it, it could be, um, RMDs, you know, the idea, the old, old thing, oh, you never take out more than your required minimum distribution. Mm. The investment advisors love that rule, by the way. We think that's wrong. I mean. Yeah, you might not want to wait, especially now your required minimum might not be till 73. It might not be till 75. Right. Are you going to wait that long to start? But if it isn't at the point you save, wouldn't you rather use it? It's because that's my, pe- yeah, if that's, people think right. miss mistakenly think that if they take minimum required distribution by their life expectancy, the IRA balance is zero, which coming for a free consultation will show you that is not the case. And also, or we can talk about the RMD tax trap that may right. be waiting for you if you follow that. But but one also is what, when, Mark, when do I elect Social Security income? Mm, age 62, because it's not going to be here. Because yep. that's what all the DIYI or yep. the that's internet the, articles I'm say. I'm just going to follow the herd. That's what the majority of Americans do. They start at 62. Um, but I keep saying the majority of Americans don't have a, a good professional financial plan or a fiduciary for giving them recommendations or running them a, a right. sophisticated analysis, a break-even analysis. So I talked about this on last week's show, Carrie. I think mm-hmm. I started this. But... I was getting to, you know, we also, by anticipating this, in other words, you know, you can get your Social Security projections right now, you know, and and, and let's start planning that. Let's start running different break-even analysis. And we use, a, the, I think, the best software on the market to do that. But let me put some numbers to last week's. So you can always go back right. to last, last week's show. But remember, I was saying that one of the things that one of the election strategies that we, we've that new clients that had never been told about was the idea of, you know, the the spouse starting one benefit and then the spouse with the higher benefit waits till 70. Right. And then at that point, the the other spouse can upgrade to get the half spousal and their lower own spot, you know, own benefit drops off, you know, and then the higher age 70 benefit goes on to retirement. Um, so I, 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 I spent a lot more time on that last week's show. You can go back and listen to that in the podcast. But let's look at some actually numbers, Carrie, in the, uh, the case. And this was the case. And, 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 and this is what I mean by, you know, don't ask your neighbor <laughs> what Social right. Security election they made, right? You might want to do this yourself, right? Because we have a situation where the, the, I'll just call it John and Mary. Right. Carrie, okay. So John said, you know, Mark, I, they came in, they they just had decided they were both going to start their Social Security benefit at, Carrie, guess what age? 62. Bingo. All right. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, why, John? Well, because I, I, I'm going to die early, Mark. Never heard that one before, have I? Mm, we hear that quite often. Okay. Um, and 
they're going to get their uh, well i said okay um but i said mary what about mary and immediately john says oh she's going to live forever mark mm. and mary says well i'm not going to live forever right and he said well you know i'm worried that you're going to live forever mary so there is that now they're right. in the, now they have this quandary right because it's that situation where John thinks he ain't going to be, he ain't going to, you know, because his father died, you know, at age 85, he's going to die at 85. But Mary, because her mother is still living at 90, Mary's going to get to 90. Okay. All right. Well, we can deal with that, right? Right. So in a sophisticated Social Security analyzer, we can tell the robot that. We can say, okay, well, let's put a life expectancy on John. And he said, well, 83, Mark. Okay. But make Mary's 90. Okay. I said, okay, but you know what? Why don't we put a little bit of spread on that? Okay. Because maybe it's not going to happen exactly. So let's put a three-year spread on those date of death okay. projections. So John dies anywhere between age 80 and 86. Okay. He said, yeah, I kind of like that, Mark. That's more realistic. Okay. And Mary dies any any age, any year between age 87 and 93. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they felt, they said, yeah, that's right. realistic. That's okay. Um, and now, so when we looked at their benefits, they each had their own benefits. So John's at 62 was going to be 1,842. At his full retirement age, it was going to be 2,556. At 70, it was going to be 3,238. Mary had a much lower uh, own benefit. At, you know, at 62, it would be 674. At full retirement age, would be nine fifty eight, and at age seventy, it'd be one thousand one eighty eight. So obviously, John has the higher benefit. That's the one the robot, you know, he's going to want wait John to wait till seventy because right. that's the benefit that's going to go on in survivorship. Okay, and the lower benefit just drops off. Now, when we look at this, so a detailed analysis is is this, Carrie, and this is where something it gets down to. Mary begins benefits based on her earnings records in the estimated amount of eight eighty nine. In July 2027, at age 65 and 11 months, it actually does it by month. Mm-hmm. Then John begins at age 70, you know, and then at that point, Mary adds spousal benefits, and she gets stepped up because right. now her half spousal is more than her, her own. own benefits. Okay, so this gets them some cash flow starting early, right. but it's still locking in the age 70. And then because John in this scenario is going to die much earlier than Mary, then when he dies. She steps up and gets his age 70 benefit forever. Which is a lot higher than her spousal benefit. Now, when you look at cumulative over lifetime. Right. Okay. So based on now, so we had the three ages, you know, and so the short lifespan, if they start early, it, they were going to get cumulative $847,121. By doing the right election, they're going to get 935700 That's 88000 more. That's if they die early. If they die at their planned, you know, age uh, 83 and 90, right. the additional by waiting, by doing the, the robots plan, they're going to get an additional 133000 This is hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference. Mm. That'll keep your wine cooler filled, right? I was going to say, that'll be some nice If trips. they're unlucky enough to get the age, the, the later age on that, the increase cumulative over their lifetime, $178,000. So this is where AI can help you as far as the analyzer to give you objective, good cumulative information. And if you really want to stay and start it early, even after you see this analysis, okay, we'll do that for you. Our job is then just to say, can you afford to start Social Security early? All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.